I am a strong black woman, and I still believe in black love. Although I'm not just waiting around for love to find me, I believe in cultivating black love. opportunity to introduce yourselves, share, um, share a little bit about yourselves, and then we'll go ahead and get started and dive into the interview. Okay. Well, I'll go first. Um, I'm Tori Gothi. Um, I just turned 28. Um, I am originally from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, I grew up in Army Brad. My dad served in the military. He's a retired veteran, and um, I'm a dog mom. We're dog parents. And yeah, we like to travel. I like to travel. He likes to travel um, and just, you know, do new things, see new things. So pretty simple, I would say. Nice, okay. <laughs> Chris? Oh, well, I'm Chris Gothi, of course. Um, I'm from Augusta, Georgia. Um, like she said, we like to travel. Um, I'm a hard worker, you know, just <laughs> the basic stuff. Okay. <laughs> Nice, and I saw that you guys recently celebrated your one-year anniversary. This was last month, right? On yes. Yes, so congratulations yes. on that. <laughs> okay, so getting started, the first question I had for you guys was, how did you meet your spouse, and what attracted you to them? Um, we met through Tinder. Um, you know, it being online, the first thing I saw was, you know, looks. Um, so that what initially attracted me to tour, you know, after we met in person, then you started meeting other qualities, uh, like the inside qualities, I guess I would say. Okay. Yeah, I would say that, you know, we probably were a little, I don't know, maybe embarrassed or weird about saying that we met on Tinder, but you know, um, we were both new to the Charlotte area. So, you know, I had a coworker that said, maybe you should try Tinder, you know, just to see what was going out on out in Charlotte, because how else are you going to meet anybody if you're new to the area? Mm -hmm. So what actually attracted me to Chris um, on the site was he actually had a shirt um, and it was from a company that's like not very known. Mm -hmm. So when I seen that, I'm like, okay, well, that's crazy because not a lot of people wear this brand of shirts. So that really, that just stood out to me. And I actually, I think I had messaged him first actually. And I was like, I really like that shirt. I actually have the same one. Um, and that's really how we started talking. Okay, nice. <laughs> so would both of you mind sharing a little bit? Um, I think you touched on it, Chris, when you said that there was a stigma surrounding the online dating. And both of you maybe touch on that a little bit for someone that might be a little bit hesitant with online dating and maybe share like from your experiences, what you might say to someone that has that little hesitant you know, feeling about it. Oh, I would say it's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's a people look down upon it, and you know, some ways aspects it may be a good thing. You know, you may may encounter weird people per mm -hmm. se, or you know, um, different type of people that it may not work out for you. But you know, it's it's something I think people shouldn't be ashamed about because it's it's normal. You know, as um, it's millennials. Yeah, especially yeah. now, like technology, like you could meet yeah. anybody anywhere. So you never know what will happen. And I mean, people meet on Instagram. I mean, people slide in the DMs, things like that all of the time. So when, when you think about like a, an app and things like that, I think people get a little nervous about it. And um, 
I just would say when I joined the app, I was not looking for a husband, of course. I mean, that wasn't even on my mind. I just thought, you know, meeting new people and things like that. Um, I wouldn't say to join an app to try to find a husband or a wife, but it just happened to turn out that way for us. I just feel like we're extremely fortunate to have met some, well, met each other through an app. So I don't think it would work for everybody, but um, I don't think people should be hesitant to try online dating. So it's like a tool that could be used mm -hmm. as any other means. Okay, that makes sense. So the next question that I had was, um, how did you know your current spouse was going to be the person that you married? And um, based on your story, I think, um, well, no, based on your story, can you share a little bit more on your thoughts on the importance of dating with intent? Um, so how did I know? Um, at the time when we first met, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I didn't have like the best job or, you know, making a lot of money, but she was always there for me if I ever needed something. So I feel like that quality alone set her, you know, set her to be somebody I know in the future, if something like that would happen, then, you know, I could count on her and rely on her. So that was, um, it was very important to me that, that someone that you could meet to be there for you so early on. And um, day one intent um, is very important. I mean, you don't want to waste your time or no one else's time. It's just, you know, you know what, you know how you feel about someone. And it's just like, go ahead and not go ahead and get it out the way, but you just want to, <laughs> like I said, you don't want to waste no one's time. If you're not feeling the person or it's something that you don't like about them, there's no point to keep going on, especially if it's something that, you know, they may not necessarily can control, like as far as like upbringing or how they do certain things. Good point. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say Chris is the only person I've ever dated that has dated me with intention. Um, like I had mentioned on my, our little questionnaire thing, um, he had wrote me a card. It was like maybe month two or three. And it was like, you know, whatever. It was Christmas time and I can't wait to be your husband. And I was just like, I was shook because <laughs> I just, you know, everything was going great, but I just didn't think that we were you know, I mean, it just wasn't on my mind. Mm -hmm. So when I read that, I was just, I was very shocked. Um, of course, like excited. Um, and I hadn't even thought about marriage before dating Chris. So he's always been intentional and he's less of words and more of action. And I have always appreciate that about him. Chris, when you say in your response also, you mentioned like being intentional, not wasting each other's time, being upfront. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on maybe some of the things as far as being upfront on? I think you touched on it a little bit when you said like their upbringing. If you already know, like based on certain things that they do, like how they were raised or like maybe their train of thinking. Um, when it comes to dating with intent, did you have a sort of um, way of going about it? Like when you were dating Tori, like what's your, I guess, philosophy behind dating with intent and maybe did you have like timelines like okay there maybe like on the third conversation maybe we should be having this you know let me be able to know this about Tori and Tori also for you did you have a timeline in the dating phase like okay you know by this certain point in time if I like I need to get an answer on these certain things and then know whether or not you know if we're going to be compatible um I want to say I didn't I had a timeline I just felt like going into it that, that um, you know, like I said, I didn't want to waste each other's time and I was serious about the relationship 
you know, at the t- looking back, you know, I didn't think it would, you know, manifest into what it did just originally, but I did like was intentionally about, you know, being serious about the relationship, you know, once we were together, Xing everybody else out of the picture, if it was anybody in there, it just was, it was so natural that it felt like it was longer than what it was. Um, and then so, like if, when we first started dating, it felt like we was already known each other for two, three years already. So the timeline just kind of happened naturally, I would guess I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I didn't have any, I didn't really have any expectations. I didn't have any, I, I didn't have a, I just, we just went with the flow. Like Chris said, um, we literally like, we hung out a couple times and then we started, it started getting serious. And literally um, like one day, we hung out and then we just like hung out every day <laughs> day like we we were never apart from each other after that unless it was something like I had to go out of town or he had to go out of town but um after this one day like we it was we were inseparable and like Chris said it just seemed like we had known each other for so long it was natural that's all I the only word I can describe is supernatural the chemistry was there it wasn't forced um just organic all the way around so um Tori you mentioned in your response also where you said um that you realized you know all of Chris's intentions um had action behind that and um I know that that's very important um a lot of women I see when you say like hey we don't see consistency and the men say the same thing too that's a pretty big thing um can you talk a little bit more about I guess the importance of that intention um once you guys were like actually dating and like seeing each other and also a little bit of like the friendship aspect of it. Cause I feel that um, when it comes to being married there's a lot of talk of, you know don't forget to be friends. And like some people go in with the whole friends first mentality. So can, do you guys feel like there's a distinction between being friends and then like being, you know a couple and being lovers and like how do you distinguish between that if you feel there is one and how do you I guess, keep that friendship alive. So is the friendship separate from like the marriage and being together? And then how do you keep friendship alive? Um, well, I think honestly, we built a friendship early on. Um, when we first started hanging out, there was a lot of laughs. Um, it was no pressure. Um, so we really built the friendship first and um, you're not going to hang out with somebody every day, all day, after work, before work, unless there's some type of friendship. You know, at some point, if there's no friendship or no foundation that's built on a friendship, it's going to kind of, you know, dry up once things, you know, settle down and things like that. But me and Chris, we always have fun together. Um, we really like most of the same things. Um, and I think that there's no marriage without a friendship um, because, you know, when we get older, um, it's really going to be probably that friendship that keeps us together um, and things solid once we, you know, after many years of being married and things like that, it has to be, it has to be my friend as well. Okay. Do you have anything to add to that, Chris? Um, I mean, everything she said, I, I, I feel like it's accurate. Um, I know things that we do to keep the friendship alive is we're always doing like activities or it's most of the time, a lot of times it's spontaneous stuff that we might find a few hours before we go do it and we just go do it. Nice. And um, so that, that's that's the part that keeps the friendship going, just being spontaneous, um, spending quality time with each other. Okay, awesome. All right, what would you say is the best part of being married? 
being a team, um, you know, two is better than one to me. And, um, you know, just being a team to get things done and reach goals. And um, so that's the best part for me. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, because some days, you know, you have bad days, you have good days, but Chris is always there on either of those days. So I feel like the teammate aspect of marriage is, um, I would say a beautiful thing because you need somebody in this world. The world is crazy. You yeah. got to have somebody <laughs> you know, in your corner, you know, like you have to have somebody that's um, ready to go to bat for you and you're ready to go to bat for them. So um, being a team, um, that's important. You know, something will go on. Maybe, you know, we're trying to clean the house and then we're going to think about, you know, who's going to do what. And then we're going to ta tackle it together. Me and Chris always like try to tackle things together. Nice. Um, and really just, you know, whatever he needs, I'm going to try to be there for him and whatever I need, he's going to be there for me. One of the things that you mentioned with the team aspect of it, I feel that oftentimes that we ourselves, um, we may not necessarily realize when we might be going through, you know, a low period in our lives for ourselves, let alone our partner, you know, possibly going through and experience a hard time. So when you mentioned like the communication um, where you talk about like whether it's stuff around the house or whatever it is, that communication, um, do you guys, it sounds like you have not like a process in place, but it sounds like you have like something in place where you guys have built this communication where you're talking to each other. And I know, could you speak a little bit more to that? Because from some of what I've seen and heard with couples, it took them a realization to get to that point where it's like, okay, rather than me just like acting out from having a bad day and then my spouse kind of like getting hit on the side of the head and like, okay, where is this coming from? Like having that realization to have that conversation and like, you know, work it out before things kind of build up. So could you share a little bit more from your experience? Like, did you guys like have those moments and did you build to that or did it kind of come naturally because you guys had that friend foundation? I think it's kind of both. Um, at times, you know, Tori would feel like I wasn't, you know, maybe asking her about her growing up as much as I should have been. And so that's my, that may be why she would do certain things or not not do certain things. So it took me a while to get to that, not a while, but it took me some time to get to that point where I will ask, you know, want to ask why you do stuff certain, certain way or what caused you to do this or whatever the, the issue may have been, it just had to be me going that ex putting in that extra effort to, to wonder to ask the why of it. Okay. And I would say, I mean, when we first started um, dating, I don't think my communication was as good as Chris's, honestly. Um, because I would be, you know, up, walking around upset and I just want him to ask me what's going on. But now that we're married and things like that, and, and over time I've learned that sometimes you have to just tell your spouse like, hey, something is going on with me. He can't read my mind, you know? So I can't just assume that whatever body language or whatever I'm giving off is going to tell Chris like, hey, you need to ask your wife what's going on, like small things. So sometimes I have to be intentional and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not like mentally or whatever, physically, I'm not really feeling well or doing well. And then Chris will talk about it and things like that. But I used to get upset because it's like, why aren't you asking me what's wrong? But it's like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't be like that in a marriage. You have to, you have to speak up and you have to say, I'm not, I'm not doing all right. You know? 
Um, what would you say that you struggle with as a couple or as an individual um, being married? What would you say is maybe some of the hardest things that you've experienced? Um, I would say um, not having many examples of married people, whether it be older or you know around our age or younger. Um, I didn't grow up, well, my parents were married, but they ended up getting divorced. But I never really seen a marriage where I could look at and say, wow, this is something that, you know, I would want to strive to get to. And I think that's the reason why I probably never even thought about getting married, because it's like all of these married people, like it looks like they're upset. Like, you know, a lot of things are going on. Um, so I had to, to realize that me and Chris have to create our own idea of marriage. Um, it's unfortunate that we, well, I, or I don't think him either, that we've had a lot of, uh, I guess, marriage role models um, and things like that. And I used to struggle of, am I being a good wife? You know, because I haven't seen many wives. So it's like, what, what should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? And things like that. But I can't put that pressure on myself or our marriage because we have to do what's right or feels right for the both of us. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that was something that I had struggled with um, initially because I'm like, am I doing these things right? Because I don't know, there's no blueprint anywhere that I know personally. So we're trying to create our own, you know? Mm -hmm. well, I think personally, I struggle with, uh, it may tie into another one of your questions, I think, but I struggle with being like uh, the new age head of the household, um, simply because, you know, things are, you know, cost of living is more, things are different than, you know, older people who we know in marriage where the husband could have took care of everything and, uh, and it did okay, but you know, with things being different in today's society, you know, it's kind of hard to, to fit that mold when, you know, it's not, yeah. I want to say not enough resources, but it's just kind of difficult because it's, it's, it's so, it's the, this living is, in general is different. Mm -hmm. So this, this, that was a, that was a struggle um, early on, you know, just not having a good enough job where I could feel their role and exceed in it. Gotcha, and I'm glad you brought that up because I actually had a question on that. Chris, when you mentioned um, the societal norms, like back in the day, it is another question, but we'll go ahead and jump to it. Um, back in the day, like, you know, the man was expected to, you know, be the provider and he could take care of everything. And then like today, cost of living and things change. And so my question for you with regard to that was, um, I do feel that the norms need to change, but asking you, the norms and the expectations of society, um, does it need to change and how so? Like, what do you think it would take and how so should those societal expectations change given that things are different? You know, I think not necessarily need to change, not to contradict what I said, but I feel like today, you know, you can't expect women to stay home, cook and clean. Um, and just be home all the time, you know. Uh, like I said, two is better than one, so two incomes is always gonna trump one. So it's just, I feel like if you're able to to fit that role of being head of household and take care of all the bills and your wife could stay home and do whatever she likes, then that's cool and everything. But, you know, at our point, we were not able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like, you know, um, you know, Tori does it, she's a hard worker. You know, she's, go, she's been going to school since we met and got married. So she's always trying to stay in school to get uh, different degrees and stuff like that. So I just feel like um, not necessarily need to change, but 
I feel like it's changing, it's evolving over time. Mm. Okay. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Tori? Um, I would say people need to do what's best for their household. So people will say the man needs to do this or the woman needs to do this. And I think people get caught up in that and people need to do what works for them. Um, and I just feel like, you know, whatever he brings to our marriage, as far as financials, whatever I bring, it's ours. So it's never going to be where he's just footing the bill for our rent and things like that, because it's our money. So if it's all in one pot and we're married, technically no, no husband should be taking care of everything because we, it's we, I think it needs to change to we instead of, oh, the husband needs to pay for this or the wife needs to do this. No, we're, we're going to always be a team. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that works for us. Um, and no one is doing more or less than the other, more of a balance, I feel like. Yeah, I like that perspective that you put on it, the we mindset versus the whole, this is what you do, this is what I do. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the things that you had mentioned in the written response, Chris, was um, seeing, learning to see things from your spouse's point of view. So could you talk a little bit more on um, that from in your own terms and from your perspective? Oh, the biggest thing, I guess, would be, I would say stuff in a certain tone. And it, to me, it may not be aggressive, and to, but to her, that's the way she perceives it. So just having to see um, how it will feel to her, uh, you know, was a, was a big thing that, um, you know, I have to focus on and still do have to focus on. Mm -hmm. just, just seeing it from her side rather than just thinking I'm right about it, even though I didn't mean to say stuff in a certain way, if I did or not, just seeing how it is from her perspective. I love what you had said, Tori, about the representation of what a wife or a marriage looks like. Um, like not having that, I do feel that there are a lot of people that don't have that representation and that's part of why we're doing this today. So again, thank you guys for um, being a part of this. What advice would you offer to black singles that you wish you would have known sooner about marriage? I would say that Although a lot of things have changed as far as in the world overall, um, marriage is still important. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, single people think that it's, it's okay now to just you know have children and, and, and not be married and things like that, which might work for some people. But I think that at the end of the day, we should all be trying to have a foundation before we do certain things. Um, like me personally, I never seen myself wanting to have any children if I never was married or things like that, because it's just the fact of, I'd rather have tried than not to have tried, you know? I think a lot of people are just okay with not trying at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I think single people, they should date with intention. I think men and women both um, should not be concerned with relationships that do not serve them. I think a lot of times people get stuck in, I guess, situationships where it's like, we're, we're really, nothing's really growing from this and we're still staying together. And it's like, you really should have left a long time ago. Um, I don't think people should put up with certain things. Like, I just think that people need to make sure that they care about themselves mm -hmm. and don't waste their time. Do not waste your time because somebody like Chris, I never would have thought, you know, in that, that short span of time, he, he really like changed my outlook. He, I, I did like a the whole 180 of things that I thought was right relationship-wise. And, and now I know that there, there are men out there who are willing to do certain things. Um, and nobody should settle. 
that's what I think that wow. no one should be settling. Mm -hmm. wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Chris, I'll go ahead with you. Oh, I would say, you know, it's cool to be in love, um, to be in relationships. You know, I think the black community, um, people say, you know, if a man, if a man is in love with someone that he's soft or whatever, when you, when you know, you're growing up, but I think, you know, it's cool to be in love and finding love and getting married. So that's, that's one advice um, I would give the people that are single. Like it's, it's cool. Yeah. Don't be afraid of it and don't listen to necessarily all the negative stereotypes. Right. Okay. I know that I wanted to touch a little bit on what you had um, said, Tori, about um, men and women, like there are men and women out there that are worthy of, you know, your time and that are worthy and that are serious and looking to build, you know, long lasting relationships and not to invest your time in anything else other than that. What would you say are some of the qualities or traits or characteristics that you know now to look out for or that you would advise the singles to look out for to realize that they might be talking or dealing with someone of that nature and character versus someone who's not. So I know like one of the biggest things is with Chris and his intention and like that aspect of it, but are there any other traits or characteristics that you might say singles could look out for to know whether or not they're dealing with someone who's probably gonna waste time or that's serious and is probably not gonna end up wasting time? Well, really one thing, I mean, if you're a woman and, and you're dating someone and you've been dating for like five or six years and there's no proposal going on and things like that, you have got to go. Like, and if that's your goal, like if, it, if that's your goal to get married, some women, that's not their goal. But if that's your goal, then you need to you need to go. Because I have learned being with Chris that a man who is ready to be married, they'll show you. Mm -hmm. So I had never been in a relationship where looking back, they showed me that this would lead into marriage. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, why are you even wasting your time with somebody um, where you see it, it's never gonna go anywhere and you already know it. And, and people have and see red flags all of the time and they ignore them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people need to stop doing that because like I said, there's people out here who are willing to do right by you. And um, Chris, has, he always followed through with, with what he said. Um, and there was a specific time where I was like, wow, he, he's, he's really about his word when he, I, always, I had wanted a dog for a while and he was like, I'm going to get you a dog. And I had been in a relationship where he was like, I'm going to get you a dog, blah, blah, blah. And I never got the dog. We got, Chris got me the dog and that, I mean, it might sound like small to some people, but to me, I was like, he really did something that somebody else said they was going to do and they never did it. So things like that are extremely important and men show you who they are and women too up front. They're not going to change. Mm. Um, they'll always be that same person, maybe just in different formats, but people show you who they are. And if they do, like they say, you gotta, you gotta watch out. So yeah. do not waste your time and make sure that you're not dealing with somebody who's not serving you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's one of the biggest things too that I've seen and noticed. Um, so I really love when you guys mentioned the dating with intention aspect of it, because I feel like a lot of people, they do and um, yeah, they spend, like you said, years in a relationship that's not serving them, and that's not going anywhere. And then, yeah, really not much to show for you. So I really appreciate that effort that you guys brought to it. 
the next question that I have is, in what ways do you feel the Black community's experiences and struggles with marriage, love, and family may or may not be unique to another culture? I, I mean, honestly, as far as Black culture, I think Black love is unmatched. Um, we share a bond that's like deeper than um, other cultures, I feel like. I'm, and we just, like, we understand each other differently, you know? So I just feel like um, the Black community, we've had it rough overall, even aside from relationships. We, we've had it rough. We're still, we still have it rough. Um, and it's important to build strong Black homes. I mean, we, we need to start building foundations with our Black love and then raising Black children who can then see, oh, my parents, you know, um, they were together, they were happy and things like that. Like how you mentioned that people aren't dating with intention. They'll not date with intention and then have a child. And it's like, like, what is going on here? So it's like, me and Chris want to make sure that we're on the right path and make sure we bring children into it. Um, because it has to start somewhere. It's a lot of broken homes, a lot of broken families everywhere. And it's not okay. Some people justify it, but honestly, it's just not okay to me. Um, so I think there needs to be more foundations um, centered on Black love. That's what I think. Yeah, awesome. Chris? Um, you know, everything she said, but I think, you know, even on television, you don't see a lot of Black families thriving on TV, uh, especially growing up. And, you know, even now it was just a handful. So yeah. I feel like compare, you know, you could turn on almost any show and, you know, it may be a, a marriage of another race. You know, they're doing good, being happy, but we don't have that. Even, you know, marriages and families, um, you know, they, I can't name too many that I know that have lasted since I've grown up. It, it may be just one or two, but just having that structure to see it, I think it makes, makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And we and, and I want to add black like us black people we don't have to have struggle love it's always seems like it's a struggle or we have the women have to go through x y and z and now the man yeah. was that right you know we, <laughs> like, we need to normalize not going through struggle love no you don't have to put up with this and that for it to get better you know you need to leave mm -hmm. so I just think struggle love we need to like let me abolish struggle <laughs> love all around <laughs> I completely concur with that thank you for bringing up that point because I think that's an excellent point and um, going to what you guys were saying about like, you know, the love on TV and not being so many examples of that. And I'm probably jumping ahead again on this, but um, something that I took away when you guys said that is that there is, um, I think maybe Tori, you mentioned this also when you talked about social media. So like social media goals and like same thing with the television. Like we see these images and you know, whatever they portray on TV or social media. But then like you were saying earlier, Tori, about real life examples, real life, you know, goals to live up to, we don't see that so much. So um, I feel like I guess that there is this illusion, you know, with the whole relationship goals and what it looks like. And we don't see like with the iceberg, you know, all that's submerged under it, you don't see all of that, but you only see what's on top. And that's like social media seeing what's on top and the iceberg beneath is like the real life that we don't really see to learn how to navigate. There's no blueprint necessarily, like you said. So I'm great insights <laughs> it's just it's crazy i just think that um it saddens me that more people look to relationship goals online than their own parents and i think we have to do better than that because it's like 
if, if we do ever have a child, I want them to feel like we're relationship goals, not these people on the internet. Yeah. So I just feel like we need to be more, like there needs to be more relationship goals in the home. Yeah, and maybe more like conscious, like conscious cognizance of like being that example and like our children, like seeing those examples and role models. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I agree. I think also um, going back to what you were saying about um, things being intentional, we have to be intention. We have been intentionally targeted with um, our love being discontinued and the breaking up of our homes. So I do think that that's another aspect and angle of it. Not just that we're not seeing the representation, but then I think Chris, you touched on it earlier. There's these little like um, subliminal messages, like, "Hey, it's not cool. You know, black love isn't cool. Um, being in a relationship is more about." the struggle and it's not very enjoyable. So I think that's another, I guess, narrative that we also have to like figure out how to navigate because I do feel that those messages are always being put out there too. So planting the seeds again, what we're doing here today, um, I think that's gonna be very beneficial in the future. The next question I had was, do you feel, how do you feel any of your childhood experiences may have impacted your adulthood and how you show up in marriage? Um, I think, I mean, childhood experiences shape everything. And, and you might not know it until you get in certain, certain situations, but um, that really affects all of this decision-making that you have going forward. And like I mentioned earlier, my parents, they divorced, I think I was around seven years old. Um, so already I'm thinking marriages, they're going to end like this. It's toxic and things like that. Um, so that's why I just don't think that marriage was on my radar. Um, all this time, I never really, I didn't really see myself being married. Um, seven. Or, yeah, I, or, or really with like, um, a family. I just really, I never, never really thought of that. Um, just based off my childhood experiences and, you know, you know, my mom, she was a single mom, so I didn't see how it is to really be a wife, you know, how to cater to your man and things like that, like they say you should. Yeah. So I think that still ties into when I mentioned earlier how I was uh, struggling with that when we first got married, how to be a good wife, because it wasn't much re representation growing up. Um, so that's why I do think that you mentioning that makes it another point why it's important to have a strong marriage and um, make our marriage intentional as well for our, our future, if we do have future children, because I don't want them to, you know, not have representation or say these same things that I'm saying that I didn't have um, when it's time for them to, to think about marriage and things like that. Good point. Oh, I would say, you know, I come from a mostly um, all women family. So just, I guess, seeing them go through certain things and they are not or dating, you know, most of my life and not getting married at the end of it. Um, it put it in perspective of how to treat women, um, how things to avoid, and uh, just like small lessons like that um, was pretty, pretty much molded me into, you know, trying to be a good husband. Can you give like one example of that? I did have a note on that where I was going to ask if you could share a little bit more, <laughs> because one of the things a lot of women and like, I know from a woman's standpoint, I can speak from that standpoint, um, sometimes like understanding a man's perspective and you know, like his upbringing and how he approaches whole dating and all of that. 
it can be a mystery to us. <laughs> so if you don't mind sharing a little bit of like you grew up in a household full of women and you said that you learned like from that environment how not to treat a woman. So can you share maybe an example of um, that and how you applied that going forward into, you know, your life and experiences? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I mean, the obvious one is maybe, you know, not stepping out on my marriage or relationship, um, just seeing the effect that it may have on my wife is probably the biggest one. Uh, you know, it's probably other things, but uh, that's the one that's top. Mm -hmm. uh, just watching people go through that in, in my family and then ultimately getting a divorce was, is, is just enough for me to see not to do that, you know? So. Mm -hmm. That's, that's one um, example I would give. Okay, all right, thank you. Okay, um, the next one that I had was, oh, sorry, you had also mentioned about like having your father being active in your life growing up and how, I guess like, you know, that father example was something that was, you know, that you could use to, you know, I guess look at you know, when you were dating and say, okay, this is kind of like, what I remember my father setting as an example, I see that in this man. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Like having the father example and how you maybe took that relationship and experiences with your father and that kind of like shaped how you approach dating and like maybe even share, did you like notice certain things in Chris as well when you guys first started dating that you could tie back to your father? Um, you know how they say um, women will marry someone who's like their father. Um, I didn't, I mean, I never thought about that, but that is 100% true. Um, I feel like um, it's important women need their dads in their lives because if not, a lot of times they'll pick the wrong partners um, or go after, you know, love from men that aren't right for them. So I feel like, I mean, my dad, I always seen him work. He's, he's a hard worker. So that kind of emulates Chris. Chris is a hard worker. My dad provided for his family. Um, provided for me, even if after my parents, you know, separated, that's a quality, quality that I also seen in Chris. Um, so many of the good qualities that I've noticed in my dad, I also noticed them in Chris. Um, just the way my father and I interact, um, as far as like, we're really good friends and we, you know, have a good time and we like to spend time with each other. That's the same thing that I feel about Chris as well. So I feel like, um, fathers everyone knows they're, they're extremely important and, and I, I honestly have two great parents and um although they weren't together they still were able to give me qualities um that were able to help me um through dating and as well as marriage you know if I was dating someone that they didn't think was right they're gonna tell me like hey this is not it and honestly Chris is the only person that I ever introduced them to ever in my entire life that they they liked so that was important to there me go, so I'm like once I know that they like Chris I said okay because okay. there's some strong critics so when they said they liked Chris mm -hmm. it was over so mm -hmm. so family like that was important like everyone being on the same corner yes because if they're not if you're close with your your parents and they don't like who you're dating or your spouse that could cause a lot of trouble so unless you don't care about the, your your parents' opinion, but I do. So it was I never would have married somebody that both of my parents didn't like. Um, it wouldn't matter how much I liked them, but if they weren't on the same page as, of who I was marrying, then it, it couldn't happen. 
And it was from like a looking out aspect, like they know you very well. And so they were looking out for your best interest and you trusted that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you guys love most about each other? Um, <laughs> that's kind of hard to say one thing. Uh, um, I, one thing I would say is she's selfless. Um, you know, she would make sure I had anything I needed um, or wanted, but mostly needed before, you know, she would give it to herself, if that makes sense. Um, it just being selfless, um, dependable, uh, reliable. Um, I could go on. <laughs> nice. Tori? Um, I would say Chris and his loyalty. Um, he's he's a very loyal person and he does not like anyone coming for his character anybody even if i say he does not want anybody to come for his character and i appreciate that um he is he balances me um like you know i'm i could be kind of feisty and things like that but chris he'll he levels everything out if i'm if i'm stressed um or if i'm panicking anything to that magnitude chris he's going to be the level person He's a level one in our relationship. Um, and he's not gonna show that he's stressed. He might be, but I would never know. Um, so that's something that has helped us in our marriage because we both can't be out here stressed out. So he really levels us. I love that about him. I love his smile. Um, I do love his jokes when they're good on a good day. Um, and I just, I mean, I just love him as a person. He's a great person. Um, even outside of being my husband, he's just, he's a great person. That's amazing. Wow. Can you talk a little bit more about the balance aspect? Like, would you say that that's something that, um, was natural or like you guys kind of just like, like Chris is just naturally like, you know, that calm balancing and you're just like, you know, you might like be out there a little bit and he could kind of like bring it down or bring you in. Like that was just something that naturally connected for the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just natural. Like we probably had been in situations where I'm like, you know, turned up and Chris will reel me in real quick and, you know, <laughs> get me together. Um, and it just happened like that. So he's just naturally more relaxed and calm. Um, I would say I am sometimes, but sometimes I'm not, I mean, you know, I get stressed out easily. Chris doesn't. He's able to, he's better at holding his composure. I'm not, I don't know if it's just because I'm, you know, the woman in the relationship, but he is way better at holding his composure. Um, and he doesn't often show himself being stressed out. So I don't know if that's always a good thing, but it's helpful for us because I can't have him stressed and me stressed because then we're just, it's going to be a house of stress. Yes. So I can appreciate the balance, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up. I think that's good. Um, sounds like a rock. So mm -hmm. that foundation. Can you share your thoughts on relationships, dating, marriage today, and how the current environment may be different than what it was like before? And I think this is where we were talking a little bit about the societal norms um, that you had mentioned, Chris. And then also where you had mentioned, Tori, about how social media like has kind of worked relationships and like there's this whole social media goals versus like looking to your parents and seeing that as an example or even just having someone in your family you know to look to as an example so um chris we already covered the question that i had for you on that one and i think the question i had when you were talking about the societal 
um, well, rather the social media versus the real life. Um, any thoughts on why it's so easy for human nature to gravitate towards what most, like, you know, on social media, there's the likes and the views. Like, why do you maybe think that we gravitate so much towards like the social media glitz and glam when we know that that's not the reality and we know do you think like maybe some people really don't think and put thought into beyond that social media post? Because there's a lot more behind that. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think people don't take it in the aspect. Um, they see someone else doing something on social media um, and they think that's what they should be doing. You know, they think, you know, they don't know what that particular person or couple took to get to yeah. that. They just want to oh, he just brought his wife a brand new car or this this big old ring, but they don't know what it took for that person to get there. So they just want to jump automatically ahead of whatever mm -hmm. they need to, to get there. So social media plays a big part in it. And I think it's, a lot of what I think is just natural. You just naturally want to um, do for the same as your wife. Like if I see someone doing whatever, whatever, going on a nice trip out of the country, I naturally going to want to do that for us too whether it's a good feeling or or bad feeling to envy them is just I I kind of think it's kind of natural so more mm. okay yeah I would I mean I think honestly social media has really been the downfall of dating I mean there's so many apps where you know you it, it encourages being sneaky and uh uh not trustworthy as far as you know snapchat you'll send a snap it's gone in like 10 seconds you know, it's a lot of um, other ways um, to not do right. So a lot of people don't. And that causes a lot of uh, trouble in relationships. And I don't think people should put their relationship business on social media. Um, you know, I'll scroll down my timeline and I'm like, man, like who did them wrong? You know, I don't think anybody should be able to know that. Um, like, you know, Chris and I, we're not, we're active on social media, but you'll never catch us on their uh talking bad about each other or telling our business i think that is a, a real issue with dating um running to social media or feeling like you have to post this or you have to do that um because honestly those people scrolling they really don't care mm -hmm. um they're not they really usually they don't really have your best interest they, they really would rather read things that are like gossip or or whatever so there's no point to tell the whole world what you and your spouse or your boyfriend or whatever, what's going on inside your relationship. Um, and I mean, a lot of people are out here, for lack of a better word, flexing on the internet. Like a lot of things aren't what they seem. And I think people tend to forget that. Um, and they could have just had a fight before they took that picture. We don't know. I mean, it looks good, but just like with anything else, people usually tend to share the only the good things so it's not like they're not having bad days but they're showing you what you, what they want you to see and you can't get caught up in that because you'll be caught up all day so yeah. social media should not be um that important in your marriage at all yeah i love what you guys said the main takeaway point that i'm taking from that is like with social media you don't even have to like not just with like singles from a single aspect but even if like you said Tori, if you're in a relationship already and and like you too chris when you're like hey this person posted this and now that's kind of like relationship goals you know for your own like you kind of like make that the standard for your own relationship and like you said they could have like fought like right before <laughs> or things might be rocky so good point yeah good points
So the last question that I have for you guys, and this wasn't written down, but <laughs> it's more so asking you, um, what do you guys see in your future? And like along the lines of what legacy do you feel that you would like to leave or like what impact do you feel that you would like to have as a couple going forward? So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that. Um, I would say for our future, um, I hope we just continue to get better. Um, I hope that we have um, more good days than bad. Um, I hope that we can still feel the way we feel about each other now in 10 years. Um, that's really important to me. I just, you know, it's kind of scary being married because it's like, you don't know what's going to happen in 10 years and, you know, things change, environments change, but I just want to make sure that Chris and I always feel the way that we feel now or the day we got married 10 years down the line. Um, and hopefully we'll have a kid or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll have a child. I don't know. Um, I just, I hope that we're just both successful keep, and we keep rooting for each other. Um, and I hope that in the future, we still continue to wake up with the willingness to be married to each other. Cause I feel like once you don't have the willingness to stay married, that's when things can get kind of shaky. So I always want us to wake up and want to be married and, you know, have the willingness to continue our marriage um, 10, 20 years, 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. And as far as our, I mean, legacy wise, I just, whatever we do now is important for our future children. So we just want to make sure that we're going to be the best examples and the, our best selves to one another. Um, because a legacy will only be important if it's shown to our children. So I just feel like, um, we have to continue to think about that with whatever actions that we um, we do or things that we say to each other or things like that. It's always got to be um, to think about what it's going to look like when it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I see us still having that same friendship, fiery um, relationship that we have now, um, just being greater at that in that moment. Um, when that time come, um, like you said, building a legacy for our kids um, so they don't have to necessarily go through the same struggles we went through, you know, um, or or continue that we may go through. Um, just building, just continue to build our relationship um, and our marriage, you know, um, still being a team, you know, making our last name very relevant. <laughs> um, just, you know, just, just keeping the same energy. Yes, okay. <laughs> awesome, I love that. I think that's very important. So we do have a question that popped in. It is, how, um, this is from Brittany, how has the first year been for you all? Do you feel like it was a challenging year? That's a great question, Brittany, thank you. Uh -huh. I would say yes, we had, we, we had a challenge in first year of marriage, not anything internally, externally, we had a, a, a challenging year because as soon as we got married and came back from our honeymoon, Chris started a new job. The hours, terrible. He wasn't even off on the weekends. It was like, I was staying up one, two, three at night for him to come home so that we could see each other because we hadn't even seen each other all day. So that really came at us fast and it was very difficult. We had a lot of, of it wasn't, it was just trying times for us because we wanted to be around each other. I mean, it's important to be around each other your first year of marriage. Of course, you know, you want to see each other, but 
that was the thing that was the hardest for us. Thank God he had got another job, um, which turned our whole life around and um, made it better for us. But the schedule was, it was terrible. And um, we really had to find ways to see each other. So it was very, it was very rough. It just didn't really get um, better until like maybe July. So it was like rough. Like July? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, yeah, just aside that, the first year, you know, something that we're currently de dealing with, the pandemic, that happened mm -hmm. the next, uh, what, the next, you know, calendar year as we, when we got married. So, you know, she was working from home, but, you know, being stuck in the house, you know, when we're people who want to go out and do things was, you know, it was tough too. Um, just because, you know, you, you don't get tired of seeing the other person, but you want to go outside the home to do mm -hmm. stuff. But that was a big challenge as well, just being stuck in the house, not being able to go outside necessarily to do things and spend time together. Mm -hmm. yeah. You bring up a point that I would like to touch on real quick. Since you got up. <laughs> My question is, um, can you speak a little bit to the importance of like being individuals and like, you know, being a couple, but still like being an individual in a relationship? Um, I mean, I think you have to still have some type of like, hobbies or outlets that you do on your own because yes my marriage is extremely important but I'm still a me and a person and he's still an individual um, at the end of the day and you don't want to lose yourself in your marriage I think a lot of women lose themselves by just consuming themselves with their marriage um, but you have to have time by yourself I mean I grew up as an only child so I feel like there's times where I need to be by myself um, not that I don't want to hang out with Chris, but it's always still important for me to have time by myself, um, just because it's just, you know, it's normal to me and that's something that I need. And there's things that Chris likes to do and I don't always have to be, you know, all up in his mix and doing what he's doing because sometimes, you know, he wants to do things on his own. Yeah. Um, so I think you have to have things that you do separately, whether it's spending time with, you know, sometimes I'll go see my parents and just hang out with them. Um, because if not, it just this will just consume everything, and I don't think that it should. Mm. Oh yeah, what, I mean, pretty much what she said. You know, finding you still want to find that balance, but at the same time, you do want to, even if it's not a negative way, be get you know get time apart from each other and do things that you like to do that necessarily the other person doesn't like to do. So you don't always have to be doing the same thing all the time, 21st. No, I don't have to be all around him all day. You know, I need to, he needs to have his time too. Okay, awesome. Thank you guys. Um, I think that was all the questions I see in the chat box. So um, give everybody a little bit more time, a little bit more if they want to add anything. In the meantime, I do want to thank you guys for all the questions that I had and that kind of covers the interview. So I really do appreciate you guys taking the time today to share with everyone. And like I said, it's going to be something that's posted so other people could, you know, share from the or learn from the wisdom that you guys are sharing because we don't talk about it enough. And I think that we need to. Um, I think I see, oh, another <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, yes, the congratulations. Beautiful story. Thank congratulations. And, and I want to tell you what you're doing. This is, 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 I would say, extremely special and important um, because we need to see normal people talking about the relationships. There's all these, there's like, you know, YouTube shows or whatever, whatever. 
but they're usually people who, you know, are kind of famous or we need to see regular people. We need to talk about regular things that it can relate better. Um, so I think this is um, great that you're doing this. And Thank I am you. so thankful that um, you took the time to, you know, let us tell people about what we have going on and we definitely appreciate it. Uh, thank you. I appreciate thank, you. <laughs> thank you both. Okay. Well, thank did you guys you. have anything else that you might want to share as us Tibbet or as it? No, we just thank you so much. Okay. Well, I thank you guys again for making the time. And again, I see this as planting a seed. And so with that, I'll go ahead and end the call. And I really uh, appreciate you guys making the time this evening. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a good evening. Bye. All right. Bye.